Here on the Unlimited Unloaded page, giving you a few more Elena Chinecki highlights as we celebrate her being named the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. Those highlights coming up shortly. We'll just focus on the Tulsa game. That's when she really might have, not going to say turned things around, but prevented them from turning in the wrong direction. If you really take stock of what's going on in college basketball, the Bulls are in fine shape in case you were worried. They do have five losses. They are now not only out of the top 25, but not receiving any votes at all. And that might make you concerned, well, are they going to get in the tournament if they don't win the American Athletic Conference? Believe me, I've done the math, and yes, the power conferences are going to snatch up a good bulk of the at-large bids. Remember, there are 36 at-larges this year as they've expanded up from 64 teams to 68. We'll talk more about the bracketology expert, Charlie Cream's latest projections on the Wednesday morning Bulls beat. But basically, the Bulls are still in good shape. However, if they're not beaten Tulsa and don't win against Temple, which went overtime, maybe we're having a different conversation. Or maybe you're listening to me saying different things. But if you look at them not getting a vote and going, well, how is that possible? Remember, to get a vote in the AP Top 25, there are 32 riders. You have to be on one of their Top 25s and Essentially, four teams jumped into the rankings this week. You cannot argue with Oregon. Yes, the Bulls beat Oregon, but, you know, Missouri is unranked and beat South Carolina, which is the unanimous number one practically. So one win doesn't always account for the entire schedule. And remember, when the Bulls beat Oregon, they were without Sierra Nabulli. They didn't have India Rogers, the transfer that was an all-Pac-12 player from Southern Cal, nor their point guard, Tahina Pow-Pow. They are fantastic now. And they shot into the top 25 yesterday at number 19. Ole Miss, which beat the Bulls and is 17-2, and 5-1 and in the SEC, and is playing South Carolina on Thursday night. That's going to be interesting. Kansas State, can you have the Bulls over them in your poll? Well, probably not. Kansas State's Ioka Lee, 61 points, an NCAA record on Sunday in a win against Oklahoma, which was ranked 14th. She made as many field goals as Oklahoma, which is the highest scoring team in the country. 23 for 30 from the floor. Then teams like Ohio State, Iowa back in the top 25. You could see why the Bulls are not far behind that group, but not in that group right now. And a lot of that is because of what they've been sort of going through with Sidney Harvey and Elisa Pinzon just not being themselves in conference play. Although Pinzon the other day, it was great to see her score in double figures and get to nine assists. Before we get to the Elena Chinecki highlight reel, here's a little bit of Jose Fernandez on that part of what's been going on. Yeah, when you have someone like Siddiqui that can get to the rim and create off the bounce and get to the free throw line and then Dulce with an inside presence, you know, I... I let me tell you right now, Pinzon and Sidney Harvey's won a lot of games for us. Look, I mean, we don't beat Oregon if it wasn't for Pinzon and Harvey. And and Harvey, her play against Stanford, you know, this, you know, we're in unprecedented times. And, 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 and they both dealing with what they're dealing with for them to give us, yeah, give us their effort in games, you know, and to continue to fight and, uh, and and play with play through what they're playing through. It's a credit to them and their care for their teammates and for this program. Looking forward to when those two can start to fill the stat sheet up again. But until then, Elena Chinecki has been doing a fine job. Again, yesterday we focused on what she did against Temple in the overtime win, being the go-to player again, scoring ten points in the overtime, ten of her twenty-six after three in the first half. 
against Tulsa is what set the stage for her being the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. Again, if Chenecki doesn't do what she did, they're not coming back from that deficit. She did plenty to get them going. And at the end, every time Tulsa would take the lead in the final two minutes, it was give the ball to Chenecki and get her to the free throw line. Clutch, clutch, clutch. Around the elbow, and there it is again. Just as I'm saying it, Maya Mayberry gets forced into a travel. That's number four. They've already equaled the amount of turnovers they committed against the Missouri S&T Miners. It is nine to seven. Bulls with the ball and the lead again, wearing the gray uniforms. I need a gray USF women's Do basketball you? shirt. I'm, I'm a great person. I'm a great okay, person. Okay. I know That's it's not fair. a traditional color. I know color, yourself. It's rigid. not a traditional color. Elena Chinecki likes the gray. No gray area there. She <laughs> knocks down a three, and it's 12 to 7. Chinecki over to Pinzon. Again, coming off a scoreless game, and that's not going to end there. Oh, but good Shea Leverett taps Leverett, it out. Yep. That was great. Right to Chinecki, an open three. Good. Give that credit to Shea Leverett right there. Give Elena Chinecki her second made three, and she's carried over what she did in the fourth quarter against UCF. Oh, Elena nice. Chinecki pulls up for a nice jump shot. She is in a rhythm right now, talking about the UCF game. Her 10-point fourth quarter there is carried over tonight. She's got nine. And the Bulls are up five, 23 to 18. Chinecki, though, is creating her own shot, right? That's a, a great shot, but it's still not necessarily within the confines of the USF offense to have her go in there and just dribble and create her own shot. So something you, the Bulls need to look at. I'll tell you what, though. You know, did the other day, diamond battles for UCF. She oh, kind of did her yeah. own thing, and I think she, that might have rubbed off the closet. Sends it to Harvey Biddle. Good defense on her top of the key. Chinecki, she's been in rhythm from that range. Boy, another 16-17 footer, and she's into double figures already. And the Bulls back up 25-21. Chinecki doing two things really well, using her screens, rubbing shoulder to shoulder off the screen. The defender's having a tough time going between it. As a result, they're going under. Chinecki's getting her feet set up, set up and shot off before the defender can recover. Now by Vet Mayor Barry around Chinecki. Speaking of outstanding, give her 22 points. Chinecki on three fouls, had to let her go. And it is a 10-point lead for Tulsa here in Tampa as we approach three minutes to go in the third quarter. Pinzon, Chinecki, now Harvey with Bermejo, apparently no Manunga available, and Dulcie. Chinecki puts up a three, that's gotta go down, and it does, that's a big shot. That's a big Chinecki. shot. They needed that, she's hit three of their four makes from distance, and it's 51-44. Uh, Thought we saw a moving screen there on the pass by Yvette, but they continue offensively with Biddle looking to drive, and oh, right Chinecki's in on Chinecki, so lucky. should oh have goodness. been a fourth foul, and a missed layup. Big turn of events, we hope. Now pins oh, on with the drive, well, we'll take the trade off, Bermejo, Oh, up and in. That was a big time move by Christina Bermejo. Time and she pulls it to five with two and a half minutes to go. So Tulsa, of all things, starts to miss some shots. And the Bulls put together a nice little run of five nothing. Chinecki passes on a three, long two. Good, Elena Chinecki. Boy, nine for 17 from the floor. And again, really has been on though, a great right? pace. Absolutely. Scott's but you know what? If she takes over, yvette yeah, has been doing it on the other side. There's Snacky finding it. Thought about pulling a three, wants to drive mid-range, puts her head down, puts it up and in! The Bulls have the lead! 56 to 54. She's got 24 points. Bulls ball, tie game, tied yes. to 58. First field goal of the quarter. First field goal in more than 10 minutes wow. for Tulsa. So you'll take it, all things considered. Chinecki wants to take it, yep, and she's fouled. Play. She'll get to the free throw line. Makes it. Yep, Whoever miss it guy from Tulsa, he's very annoying. 
Makes a second. Chenecki has 26 points, Whew. and it's a 60 to 58 lead. And now Tulsa has answered back. Bulls will throw it in with Chenecki down 61-60. Get it into the hands of Pinzon at the logo. Finds Chenecki, drives to the hoop. That's a <gasps> foul, and oh, it just rims out. Not a bad look at all. Chenecki on 26 points. 42 seconds to go. Of course, the Bulls can call a timeout after whatever Tulsa does. Chenecki hoping to give the Bulls a lead here. <laughs> oh, 61. I like that Derek, you're upset with that 61. guy. He's going to miss it. Don't Brammer. worry about that. Brammer. Brammer and me saying the same thing. Anthony Brammer, video coordinator for the Bulls. <laughs> Tulsa will call timeout if this goes through the hoop. Tied at 61. In your face. 62-61. Hand it to Wyvette Mayberry. 23 points, Harvey on her. She wants to drive, no help. But it rims out. Oh, no. Poindexter gets the board and puts it up in. in. Tulsa leads with 20 seconds oh. left. I, I mean, Chinecki I think you got to go Chinecki here. Yeah, go to Chinecki because she's good from the free throw line too. Bermejo is going to throw it in bounds so right in front of us. Even about the and Chinecki tries to set a screen. Somebody needs to come open. Get rid of it, Chrissy. Oh and God. she barely oh does God. to Dulce. Back to Bermejo, 15 seconds. Oh now Chinecki wants to drive, and Biddle gets her away from the ball. Uh, the basket goes in, but she will go to the free throw line with 12.4 seconds left. I got to be honest with you. That was almost five seconds on Bermejo. Tulsa made it very difficult to get that ball in bounds. Oh my goodness, Derek, that was so, so, so close. 63-62, Tulsa leads. Chinecki's made some big ones, but she's got to keep going here. Yeah, that's what Tulsa's saying. Long. Oh, it's in. It I thought that long. one looked long. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Long. I'm so very happy to be wrong. <laughs> sorry to mislead you. 63 uh, apiece. She is too shy of her career high. Crowd is all on its feet right now, biting their nails and hoping for Janek to make another free throw. And it's good. Both right. of those hit the back rim. What a performance by Elena Janeki, folks. 30 points. Remember, she's also an outstanding on-ball defender. Harken back to that game against Cincinnati where she shut down their point guard, Akira Levy. That'd be the Akira Levy who hit the winning shot against UCF the other day and does not mind taking over when needed. It's been needed in these last two home wins for the Bulls. I only had uh, three points. I didn't offer something on defense, and I just made it a point to myself that I would go better at the second half because I, I thought I needed to help my team better. So I just kind of kept going. I enjoy having the ball in my hands. It's not that I'm selfish or I don't want to pass. It's when I have the most confidence in me, and that's why I do want the ball actually yeah and we don't mind it tomorrow she and her teammates will have the ball against SMU we'll preview it for you on tomorrow's show along with previewing the men's game at home against SMU by coincidence that'll be on the Wednesday Bulls beat now the latest in our interviews from the baseball photo shoot Daniel Cantu hard to believe he only had seven starts in his freshman season out of Jacksonville and hit just 182 because last year he emerged ended up with eight homers 36 RBI was second on the team with 41 runs, and he hit 255, and he started all but four games. With Daniel Cantu with the baseball team, and when I see you, man, I think of a lot of things, but the first thing that comes to mind is the last out of the conference tournament, and there was a lot going on in our minds up in the booth and then the fans in the stands, and I got to ask you, since you were the man that caught the ball, was uh, how loud were you calling off <laughs> your second baseman in that situation? Um, I was calling pretty loud off, but <laughs> I, knew, I knew right off the bat I was going to catch it anyways, so I think he... 
Matt just gave it up for me <laughs> to get it. Was that even a situation? Because um, I've never been in it before, uh, where it seems like a normal baseball play, or in your mind, are you thinking this is for the championship? This is crazy. Nah, I mean the whole inning, I was pretty stressed and uh, just because it was a stressful last couple innings, but. Um, that last out, I wasn't even thinking about, oh, this is the last out until I caught it. I, it was, I was just locked in, just trying to win, win for uh, the team. That's good to hear you say that you were stressed because we definitely were. And <laughs> the last few innings, it seems like it was eight to seven for five innings, even though it was a couple. Um, then the stress level at that point, the rest of the way, was it not the same because anything else was going to be a bonus? Or did you guys start to get to a point where – okay, we think we can advance, so, you know, maybe the pressure stays on there. I don't think we played with any pressure at all, honestly. I, the stress wasn't really there. That last game in the conference tournament was probably the most stressful um, out of any of the postseason games. From then on out, we literally just played like we had a chip on our shoulder and we had nothing to lose, so... Did you think it was going to happen to that degree, though? I knew you guys had the talent. I knew if you got into the NCAA tournament, you could win some games. Uh, but how it ended up, maybe could you see that happening in a couple of years? Or did you think, okay, we could pull it off? When we got placed in the Gainesville Regional, we all knew we were going to win it. We just had that chip on our shoulder, and we knew we could do it. I like it. So now building on last year, and you mentioned how we didn't feel any pressure. Do you guys now sort of – feel even with from outside or within yourselves some sort of expectation level and and how would you greet that there's definitely a uh, high expectation for this team but we just want our respect and we're going to bring it every single day so that we get that respect yep. you've gotten it already but yeah to, to, keep, to keep it i guess is a thing right yeah. um what about the schedule because I'm loving it. I'm loving the very beginning of the season. Uh, it almost feels like you're set up for a regional right off the bat. What do you think? You, yeah, you, let's we, load it up. We play a lot of home games uh, right out of the gate, and right out of the gate we play some pretty good teams, so we'll see what we're made of. And then just the way you built up last year, I think you started just seven games your first season, and then last year you, you settled in and obviously had a fantastic year, 36 ribs. Um, uh, what did you see within yourself that it got improved to the point where you knew you were going to produce like that? It was just like a comfort level thing and just going out there and having fun every day, not playing with too much pressure, not trying to be that big guy, just doing my playing my role and just making things simple. So things turned out well. I mean, you are a big dude. How much, how much are you weighing in at now? I mean, it's all none of it flat, by the way, folks. 215 right now. All right. Uh, that, that, that seems about right. Now, listen, we're only interviewing people that were on the team last year. So outfielders, since you might know some of the newcomers, can you give us a couple guys that uh, people might want to look out for? Um, not saying they're after your job or anything like that. <laughs> no, nah, they actually are after my job. <laughs> Marcus Brodeal, he's a really good um, freshman outfielder, and Jackson Mayo as well. Hmm. They're both uh, really physically talented and gifted kids. And you'll definitely be seeing a lot of them um, for years to come. I <laughs> love how you use the word kids. <laughs> I refer to all you guys as kids, but you've been here a few years. Hey, Daniel, keep it up this season, man. Look for more exciting final outs and uh, more production. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Appreciate it. Nice little scouting report there, too. Thank you, Daniel. More interviews to come. That's going to do it for Bulls Beat on a Tuesday. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.